When a husband walks down with words of death, and if those things aren't checked, these are the patterns that lead to such destruction year, five year, 10 years from now, literally in divorce. If these are the patterns that are used from our words, words are so hurtful, death and life from the power of the tongue, if they aren't held in check and not filled with wisdom, and that couple is done. At the same time, if words of life are used, and there's an understanding what really matters and what is most important, and there's humility and love and grace, these words of life will contribute to a marriage that is stronger than ever and not in divorce, but a marriage that will actually be used to benefit the blessing and multiplication of other marriages to strengthen Jesus Christ as well. That's how important words are within our lives. Hi, and welcome back to Live in the Light. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and with me in studio is Robbie Simons, our teacher. And it's a great time to remind you, folk, our listeners, maybe you're joining us for the first time, or maybe you're new to our station, what Live in the Light is all about. We really exist to see radical transformation in God's people through the revelation of God's truth. Now, here at Live in the Light, we believe that through the faithful and passionate preaching of God's word, disciples will be made and the church will be strengthened. That's our heart, and today's no different as we walk into the book of Proverbs in the middle of our series, The Worth of Wisdom, and today we're looking at Wisdom for the Loose Lift, right, Robbie? We are enjoying that title, aren't we, Craig? I love it. I love it. Wisdom for the Loose Lift, and man, a lot of us need wisdom in this area when it comes to words that we should say and words that we should not say. God wants to help us with that. He wants to give us wisdom to the point where we know we're about to say something that will not be helpful and will not honor the Lord. We will not say something that's going to bring someone down or hurt them. We will not say something that's flat out just evil and, and sinful. Instead, our words will be filled with wisdom. Our minds will be leading us to choose words that are building people up, honoring the Lord, and causing us to advance the kingdom and not hinder it. So listen in, loved one, listener today, wisdom for the loose lift. Help us, Lord, in this critical area. All right, well, let's get to today's teaching. And here again is our teacher, Pastor Robbie. If you're someone that seems to provide a listening ear, oh, you're such a good listener, they say. But if you're someone that people are drawn to, to communicate their frustration of other people, be very, very careful that you're not demonstrating and giving off the impression that somehow you're an easy person to gossip to. Be very careful about that. And if a bunch of people do come to you and vent about, why is that? Ask yourself, why am I a person that people come up to and seemingly want to tell me things that really have nothing to do with me? You don't want to be that person either because that means that you're eating delicious morsels in the beginning that turn out to be a disease for our souls. At the end of the day, wisdom understands that gossip are words of death. One more in this category before we get to the good stuff. There's lying, there's gossip, and then now there's slander. Slander destroys. Loved ones, slander destroys. Slanders are words of death. Turn to Proverbs 11, verse 13. Proverbs 11, verse 13 says this. 11, 13. Thanks for turning. 11, 13. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. 
but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Notice, I don't have to turn my Bible, but notice chapter 12, verse 18. Chapter 12, 18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. Here's the point I want you to see. Slander is like taking a knife and cutting it through the character of another person. Slander is never intended to be of someone's help. It is always intended to be for someone's harm. You know the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me? Not true. That's absolutely not true. Sticks and stones are nothing compared to the reality of character assassination slander that comes in the lives of certain people, and we all know that to be true. Slander is very serious to the Lord. Here are some verses to prove this according to God's word. Proverbs 20 says this about slandering. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, don't hang out with them. I mean, the Bible says you, you are wise to not associate with someone who's known to be a slanderer. It's that big a deal, man. It's not gonna help you. It's not gonna help you. Here's a pretty sobering verse from Psalms, Psalm 101. Whoever slanders his neighbor, secretly I will destroy. Uh, 1 Timothy 3. This is in the context of speaking to the wives of deacons. Notice this says here. Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers. Now, the reason I bring this up here, the word slanderers here in the Greek is the same word used for the devil over 30 times in the New Testament. It means false accuser. False accuser. You think slandering is a big deal to the Lord? Wives cannot be slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in, in all things. Slandering are words of death. As we speak them, we are choosing a path. Again, what we're learning today is as we speak with our tongues, it's moving us in the direction of death or the direction of life. And the choice becomes ours in how we desire to be used. The point of this first section is this, is this. Wisdom understands that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Wisdom sees, wisdom understands, and wisdom cares. So then wisdom agrees with David. When David prays in Psalm 141, he says, Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That is so brilliant. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord, because I speak either words of life or death. And I pray that the door that you set over my lips would be used that when, it, when, when the door opens, it would be words of life and then words of death, like that. Death doesn't want to come out. Life comes out. Oh God, would you set a, a door over my lips? And as you open them, there'll be words of life. And as I'm tempted with her death, they would be closed. And I'm not able to articulate those things. And here's a great word for our church and all these things too. Look at Proverbs 26, verse 20 on the screen for you. Look at this, look at this, Proverbs 26, 20. For a lack of wood, the fire goes out. That's true. I like fires a lot. You don't have any wood, the fire's not going to last very long. And where there's no whisperer, quarreling ceases. Yes. That's why gossip kills the church, man, because it just adds fuel to the fire. As charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. Such a good word for our church. That gossips would be silenced. That slanderers would not find ears in this place. And this, this Christian life is hard enough. I mean, seeing the church of Christ go forth, it's hard enough without us biting and devouring one another. The fire goes out when there's no wood. Quarreling ceases when gossip ceases as well. 
God, would you spare us some words of death within this place? May we take it as seriously, God, as you take it. Words of death, now we transition to words of life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Here's the good part. What are words of life? According to the book of Proverbs, words of life are this. First of all, words of grace. Words of grace. Look at Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16, we see four verses in this one chapter that pertains to words of grace. Here's how I want to communicate now. Look at Proverbs 16, verse 13. 16, 13. Notice this, words of grace. Verse 13, chapter 16. Righteous lips are the delight of a king. Righteous lips are what? Righteous lips speak with virtue. Righteous lips, loved ones, speak the truth. Righteous lips do not distort reality. Righteous lips do not exaggerate the truth. Righteous lips do not weaken the truth. Righteous lips, we learn here, bring on the favor of a king because the king loves loyalty, especially in truth, because our honesty determines so much, again, the character, what's inside, and as we speak with righteous lips, it exposes who we really are. That is why honesty is one of either the top or near the top of the list of everything every employer wants to see within an employee. I mean, the secular world has figured this out for sure. All the top companies, employers, they want, they want employees who are honest because the king or queen understands if they don't have loyalty and honesty within their company, they don't got much. Proverbs is telling us in the first place that this is definitely true. Righteous lips are a big deal. And then look at verse 21 of chapter 16. Notice that Words of grace are words of sweetness. The wise of heart is called discerning and sweetness of speech. I love that phrase. Sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. And look also verse 23, just two down. The heart of the wise makes his speech judicious. See, wisdom leads to judicious speech and adds persuasiveness to his lips. In both verses, it's telling us this. Wisdom leads to persuasive speech. And persuasiveness is a great thing. And I think we know this to be true. When, when the wise hear wisdom, when the foolish hear wisdom, they don't hear anything. But when the wise hear wisdom, they hear something that is pleasant to their soul. Like when you're receiving wisdom from someone and, and, and you hear it for what it is, there's a blessing that comes over your soul. There's a joy. Like as I, as I listen to a man or woman talk who gives me sound, wise-filled advice, it just, it's, it's pleasant to me. You know what I'm saying? You're just like, that's, that's really good. It's, it's, it's very joy-filled and it's also right. And so you hear wisdom and you receive it. If you're wise to receive it, then it, it's very persuasive to you as well. You're like, yeah, that's a really, that's a good word. I love saying that. That's a good word. That's a word of wisdom. I'm going to take that advice because you are speaking with wisdom. It's persuasive. It's, it's sweet as well. It's, it's like um, when you uh, taste honey, we're going to hear it in a second. There's, there's, a, there's a sweetness on your tongue as you, as you hear wisdom enter into your life. What a great prayer request that is for us too. Lord, would you make my speech sweet? Would you, I mean, honestly, you can do it today. Would you make my speech persuasive, not so I gain tension myself, but just persuasive in the wisdom that you would have to help others? And then look at verse 24 now. 
gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, this is amazing, and health to the body. Okay, ready for this? Ready for this? Your words of grace will add up to words of life in other people's lives. Sweetness to the souls of other people and health to the bodies of other people. So uh, being a pastor, I, I, I go to a lot of weddings and um, attend a lot of weddings. And I hear a lot of wedding speeches then. Now, for the most part, wedding speeches can be long, boring, and flat, just, just rude. You know what I'm saying? But from time to time, someone stands up, almost always a believer. They stand up and they have prepared a speech which I will entitle Words of Life. And they begin to edify and bless and encourage the individual that they are speaking to. And they are literally are imparting words of, and the person who's receiving it is wiping tears because their heart is getting so full. It's sweetness to their soul. It's literally bringing health to their body. That is the power of words of grace being spoken into the lives of people we love or desire to bless because we have the power to do that in the name of Jesus Christ with the words that we choose. But here, is my plea to you. You do not have to wait till a wedding to give a speech that imparts words of life to those that you care about the most, or anyone for that matter. Fathers, do you have any idea how much power are in your words to your children? Do you have any idea what God has entrusted you with, Dad, as your ability to either speak words of death into the life of your child or words of life? You have so much power right on your lips to use that for the health of your children or the death of your children. Spouses, do you have any idea how powerful your words are? Have you stopped long enough to consider the words I speak are either going the direction of death towards my spouse or the direction of life? You have such an opportunity to bless. Friends, and even our enemies, do you have any idea of the power of your words within this life? And just think, just think about the opportunity we had filled with wisdom to speak words of grace into people's lives. There's some leaders in the room here, a lot of leaders. Do you have any idea of the power of your words to speak to the people who follow you, to encourage them with words of grace? And here's a challenge I have for you, and I think it's important to do it on the day. I challenge you today, today, before this day is over, to speak words of grace into the life of someone that you know you need to. For some of you, you can send a text and change a life. You could write an email, you could pick up the phone, you could speak to someone in person. You can look them in the eye and humble yourself enough to speak words of blessing into that person's life, and you know it will change their life this day. You know that because you've received the same thing at some point, how powerful words of grace are. We have that opportunity in our lives every single day, and the more we are filled with wisdom and love Jesus Christ, the more we will be used to do such. I challenge you to do that this day. Oh, how powerful it is to kneel down in the face of a child to look them in the eyes and to speak words of life into them, whether they're three or seven or 10 or 12. And as they get older, whether they want to hear it or not, you can raise up and you can look up in their eyes maybe, I don't know. But you can speak words of life into them. And they, may, they might pretend they're not listening, but they are. They are. Because the greatest thing a child wants is to know that he is 
or she is loved by those parents who have raised them. And this goes on for friends and for everything that we're doing. Words of life are words of grace. And words of life are also this, they're words that heal. They're words that heal. Words of life are words that heal. Proverbs 12, again, verse 18. We looked at this briefly. Look at it again. Proverbs 12, verse 18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. We want to avoid that. But notice the second part. Here's the contrast. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Yes. The tongue of the wise bring healing. Now, we know we've all received sword thrust, and it, it's so devastating. But we've all given sword thrust too to people. And we've all received words of healing. And I pray we are all giving words of healing as well. See, wisdom says, I don't want to be slicing people up with my words with a knife. I want to be a source of healing to people with my words. Remember, loved ones, remember the point today, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Everything that we're doing, when we, we, when we use our words, they, they are so powerful because they're either going down the path of death or they're going down a path of life. Let's take an everyday example within a home, okay? Let's say um, a couple has recently purchased um, a new car of some kind, okay? And the wife is driving the new car and backing out of the driveway and coming out of the garage and um, accidentally clips the mirror on the side of the garage and either scrapes it, cracks it, or breaks it off altogether, or maybe back in the car out of the garage and isn't really paying attention and, um, and accidentally thinks it has in, uh, in uh, reverse, but it's actually in forward and goes forward and smashes into the garage itself or backs up and hits a tree and there's a fender that's now busted or a light that's now broken or I know I'm speaking to a lot of people right now, all right? And here's the thing, the husband comes home and he's been working hard or whatever and he is really fired up about this car. Like he's been excited, they've worked hard, they saved, they've got this new car. I mean, if he's honest, it's been a big deal in his life and stuff like that. And he comes home and in this moment, he has the choice. Do I speak words of death or do I speak words of life? If he's not filled with wisdom, he comes home and what he sees is his car is broken. He sees this treasured possession that I was excited about has now hurt me and I'm going to take my frustration out of my wife and he would say something like this. What's wrong with you? How dumb could you be? I, you know how much I love that car. Why weren't you thinking? Why didn't you see? How could you do this? Can I trust you? Give me the keys. Okay? Those, those kind of conversations, how's the wife going to respond to that? Not well. Not well. Bitterness sets in, resentment, defensiveness, anger, distrust, distance. Or the husband could come home and he could feel the wisdom and he could look at the situation and say something like this. See, the car has been, the car has been wrecked. Um, <laughs> the, car has been, the car has been dented. And he could say something like this. He could say, honey, um, I believe you didn't mean to do this. And if you did, that's a whole other story, all right? Don't. But I trust it wasn't your intention to, to hit the car or whatever, okay? And, and honey, here's what I know is in, in the reality of life, it's a car. Um, it can be fixed. I care more about you and your heart and what's going on, and I'm gonna get over this because at the end of the day, man, the world's not ending because the mirror's hanging off with a string or something like that right? It's okay, hon. We're going to be fine, okay? Now, as silly as that example is, I'm telling you, you listen so carefully right now to these things. These moments determine life. 
When a husband walks down the, with, with, with words of death, and if those things aren't checked, these are the patterns that lead to such destruction year, five year, 10 years from now, literally in divorce. If these are the patterns that are used from our words, words are so hurtful, death and life from the power of the tongue, if they aren't held in check and not filled with wisdom, and that couple is done. At the same time, if words of life are used, and there's an understanding what really matters and what is most important, and there's humility and love and grace, these words of life will contribute to a marriage that is stronger than ever, and not in divorce, but a marriage that will actually be used to benefit the blessing and multiplication of other marriages of strength in Jesus Christ as well. That's how important words are within our lives. It starts so small, ends up so big. I could give a thousand examples like this, and you know I could. Just think about how your words are being used. What hills are you going to die on? What is life really about? How can I contribute to words of life? and love, and selflessness, as opposed to my own self or pride. The tongue's a very powerful thing. God wants to use it with wisdom. Words of life are words of grace, are words of heal. And now this, of course, just quickly, words of wisdom. Words of wisdom, of course, are words of life. Proverbs 10, verse 32. I don't have to change the page here. Proverbs 10, verse 32. Last verse, loved ones, last verse. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. Okay, that's it right there. Wisdom knows what's acceptable to say. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. A huge part of wisdom is knowing what to say and when to say it. Okay, here are some principles of wisdom regarding speech, all right? Here's the first one, okay? These are just some practical advice of when you're knowing what's acceptable, when to and when not to, okay? When it comes to your speech, uh, when in doubt, don't. So if you're sitting there, this is amazing to me what happens, and you're contemplating in your mind, if I say this, this could be disastrous. Ah, let's go for it. That's a very bad plan, okay? That's a very bad plan. And you know what I'm talking about. You're in those moments, and you're sitting there like, should I, should I, should I? Oh, it's going to be funny. Should I, should I, should I? And the fool goes, bleh. And then disaster takes place, and you're like, ah. When in doubt, don't, all right? Here's the next principle. Recognize and recover. Here's one of the realities is, there will be times where we say things we didn't mean to say. Amen? Amen? That's going to happen because we are sinful people achieving and going towards Christ. We're not fully there yet. Recognize and recover. Wisdom, sometimes you will say something and you're like, I cannot believe this is coming out of my mouth. And you're trying to reach and pull it back in, but it's too late and it falls on the table. In that moment, humility. I believe humility is more in recovery than it is even in not doing it at all. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to say things we wish we never said. But the ability to recognize what I just said was so dumb, and then the ability to recover from that, to admit what I just said was so dumb. Would you forgive me, please? Would you forgive me? And this leads us to our next principle of speech. Self-awareness is self-preservation. Self-awareness is self-preservation. And what I mean by that, too, is you have to know you have to know your weaknesses. You have to know your temptations. You have to know when you're most vulnerable to saying things that you don't want to say, like in certain, um, in certain places, with certain people, in certain environments, right? So there's been many times in my life as an elder, as a pastor, as a leader, where I've been in such a bad place spiritually 
that I know if my mouth opens, it, it will not benefit the church. It will not benefit the people in my company. I will hurt everyone. And literally, I have to shut my mouth, stand up, excuse myself, and leave until I'm in a better place. You have to be aware this is not going to go well. You're in a situation with people that you love. You're in such a bad place. If you say anything, it is not going to be edifying to anyone at all. Somehow, remove yourself. Take a break. Now's not the time. This isn't going to go well. Self-awareness is self-preservation. If you're not self-aware, you just destroy people. You just destroy people. And it'll hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt. Here's a good principle for our speech. Less is more. Less is more. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. And it says, whoever restrains his lips is prudent. That's a good word. You know, when babble, 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 at some point, man, that's just going to end bad. Now, that's not, for some of us, we don't like to say anything, not hiding behind complete introversion. But the person just unceasingly talks, is eventually going to find themselves in a tough place. You know, Abraham Lincoln, he said this, he says, it's better to be thought a fool and remain silent than to speak out and remove all doubt. You probably got that from the verse that's on right here, the verse on our less is more. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. The whole point is less is more when it comes to our life. And here's the last thing I want to say to you. Seeking Christ is speaking Christ. Seeking Christ and speaking Christ. Now, this is the most important part of this entire message, okay? And we're ending with this right here. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, as I've gone through this message, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and we see words of death and words of life, there's a lot of conviction. There's a lot of practical exhortation right now. Don't lie, don't gossip, don't slander. It's just it's death from your life. Words of grace, words of life, all that. Ultimately, notice what's happening. As you go through the Proverbs right here, it's death versus life unrighteousness versus righteousness, wickedness versus godliness, evil versus good, foolishness versus wisdom, deceit versus truth. Again, it's death versus life. But you tell me, you tell me, I hear the commands. Don't gossip, don't slander, don't lie. But in myself, how can I do that? How can I defeat evil? How can I defeat wickedness? How can I defeat unrighteousness on my own? I'm done. Notice what Proverbs is doing and see this right here. The narrative of Proverbs is pointing to the greater narrative of all of life. His name is Jesus Christ. The only way I defeat death and evil and unrighteousness, the only way I conquer lying and slander and gossip, the only way I ultimately speak words of grace and words of life and words of blessing, the only way I do that is Christ in me. The only way I can do this in my life is Jesus Christ gives me the ability to... Want to clap for that? Let's clap for that then, because that's a good thing to clap about. Listen to this. Listen to this, okay? If you're here today and your greatest takeaway is, I got it, Pastor. I got to try harder. You've heard nothing. Your takeaway today is, I've heard it, Pastor. Jesus in me. He's the one who defeats evil. He's the one who defeats death. He's the one who defeats aid. The more he is in my life, the more I will speak words of life as opposed to words of death. Galatians 2, I read it this week. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's not me, it's Christ. Your hope for wisdom and your hope for words of grace will only be found in the gospel the gospel 
of Jesus Christ. So what do you do right now? You go to the cross and you say, here's all my sin. Here's all my lies. Here's all my, you take it all. He'll take it all. He'll take it all. He'll cleanse it all. He'll cleanse it all. You're forgiven. Hear that. You're forgiven because of Jesus Christ. If you ask him for that, you are forgiven. And then from that place, you don't just stop at repentance. True repentance is now I'm moving the direction of, I want virtue. I want words of life. I want to speak words of life because death and life and the power of the tongue, I want my tongue to speak life. That's the opportunity here today in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He saves us from our sins. He sets us free and he calls us to higher levels of living. Listen, not in our strength, but in his and for his glory. Have you been challenged or encouraged recently by something that you heard on this program? This is your opportunity to step forward and give so someone else can be encouraged like you have been. You can give to Live in the Light online at liveinthelight.ca or by calling us at 844-225-4448. We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening today. Join us next time on Live in the Light.